Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is our 23rd day of Podmas where we're putting out an episode every day in the lead up to Christmas. We're getting so close now. What have we got today? Today we have Netflix 291st film from 2020. It's the dark fantasy comedy A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. This one's directed by Rachel Talalay and stars Tamara Smart, Una Lawrence, Ian Ho, Troy Lee Ann Johnson, Lynn Masako Cheng, Ty Concilio, and Tom Felton. I'm Jesse, I'm your host. Thanks for kicking it on. Christmas is so close now. What are we going to talk about today? This film, if you haven't seen it, you're keen on checking it out, give us a pause and come back later on because I am going to spoil a babysitter's guide to monster hunting throughout this discussion, especially through our fast flick where fast flicks where we kick off the show with a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one is about a girl who is scared who was scared by monsters as a kid, and when babysitting later in life, revisits the idea and is swept away into an undercover monster hunting group. Ooh, <laughs> bit of a mouthful. Um, this one, there's not much to find out about this film. We like to talk about how it ended up on Netflix. All I can find out about this film is that it's written by um, Joe Bellari, and he's written, so he wrote the screenplay for the, the film, and this is the first book in a trilogy of books of the same name that he's written as well. So interesting, that's, uh, that's all we've got about this film. This was released on the 15th of October, 2020 on Netflix. Uh, it was filmed in and around Vancouver in Canada from the 3rd of September, 2019 to the 13th of November, 2019. Had some nominations and some awards, two wins and two noms. It won Best Production Design at the Leo Awards. It was also nominated for Best Editing and Best Overall Sound as well. The other win was that reframe uh, film list <laughs> that we often see uh, at this time of the year. What are the critics and audiences saying about this film? On Rotten Tomatoes, sits at 65% on 20 reviews. That is fresh, not certified, but fresh. The audience doesn't actually have a percentage, but it's got more than 100 ratings, so I'm not sure what's going on there. IMDb sits at a 5.4 out of 10 on 4,800 ratings. Letterboxd, a little bit lower, 2.3 out of 5 on a bit over 4,000 ratings, but it's been logged by about 6,500 people. Metacritic. The audiences have it. At, sorry, the audiences don't have a result, but the critics have it at a 31 out of 100. So that's red on that traffic light system. Uh, not very positive, obviously, from the critics for this one. So, what are my early thoughts on this? Well, before I do that, the the translations around the world. Portuguese. This is called uh, Monster Hunting Manual, and that's key to this film because it's all about this book, this guide that tells people how to <laughs> hunt monsters. And in Polish, it's called Monster Hunter's Guide. So, my early thoughts are: this is a cookie cutter kids. Halloween type film that doesn't have any scares. It stays bright, colorful most of the way throughout, even when it's supposed to be dark and scary. Maybe that's to appeal to a young audience, but even like the Goosebumps TV show from the 90s does a better job of chilling kids than this. So not a big fan of this one, unfortunately. All right, characters, let's talk about some characters. Kelly, Kelly's our main girl. Um, she's picked on it by her peers and kids at school that uh, call her monster girl because of this story of, uh, you know, told kids when she was younger, there was a monster in her room sort of thing. So kids picking her for that. She also gets picked on for being a bit of a nerd. She loves her math. Anytime she needs to do some sort of math equation, there's like this, I don't know, like Rain Man sort of <laughs> visualized math thing on the screen. Um, you know, it's a bit like um, Einstein, I guess, the, the way that she solves <laughs> problems. Uh, she gains confidence throughout the film, especially through her friendship with Liz, who we'll talk about in a second. Uh, she's got this crush on this boy called Victor. It's almost like they just chucked him in there for some laughs because um, he's not really in the film. And it's like, uh, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, Liz, Liz is the, the one that she teams up with. She's this bold, happy to face danger type of kid whenever she possibly can. 
She's a member of a secret society that they hunt these monsters. She gets Kelly on board. She rides this motorized scooter sort of thing and has a baby on her back that she carries around. So she's pretty cool. She's knows what she's doing and she wants to be a good babysitter, I guess. Oh, this sounds so silly talking about this out loud. Uh, Grand, Grand Gilnol, he's, this, he's the boogeyman. He's the guy that scares kids in their beds. And he's got this crew of creatures and they're called toadies. And they do all his bad work for him. Uh, it's almost like a mix between an over-the-top villain that is also a bit campy, I guess. Um, weird, that's Tom Felton's character from Harry Potter, if you know Harry Potter, but weird villain. Um, Jacob's this kid who gets kidnapped by the boogeyman. His mum is very over the top, makes him do things he doesn't want to do. She's referred to as the Ice Princess's mother, so that's how hard she is, but she's doing it to protect him. Um, and it's like, you know, I've got to do, you know, there's no tomorrow. If you don't do these rules, don't go to bed when I say, don't eat ice cream, that sort of stuff, you're going to be in trouble. Um, the issue with him, I guess, is that he doesn't sleep because he's too scared to go to sleep because of the boogeyman. Uh, and, and that's where we're at. Uh, the other side characters, all the other members of this secret society is like Curtis, this chubby kid that wants to impress Callie. We've got Berna, Cassie. They're all pretty boring. They're not even worth talking about. So let's jump into the director. This is probably the most interesting thing about this film is Rachel Tully, 66 directing credits, done episodes of Doctor Who, The Flash, Quantum Leap, DC Legends of Tomorrow, Riverdale, American Gods, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, Sherlock, Supergirl, and producer credits from Nightmare on Elm um, Street series. So I think the third and the fourth film in that series, the horror series. So big name, really, director, but looking at it, hasn't actually directed anything probably for about 20 years. So stepping back into it uh, with this sort of kid-friendly horror film, which is an interesting choice. All right, what are some scenes that stood out in this one? I think there's this nightmare nursery where the grand um, Gilno guy, he's sort of set up for Jacob as like a bedroom to try and get him to sleep. That looked really cool. I like that. And the other thing with the grand um, Gilno dude, he's sort of struggling to get Jacob to sleep and sort of says, oh, I need something more powerful. I've tried milk, I've tried cookies, tried all that sort of stuff. And then one of his little side minion toady sort of henchman things walks in with a hammer. That was funny. That was, that was funny. But apart from that, there's not much else to like in this. The, the things that I didn't like... They use a baby as bait to lure monsters. Just seems very unethical. Uh, that whole idea that the order of the babysitters is a secret organization that's been around for thousands of years and had members like Joan of Arc, Cleopatra, Rosa Parks, Merlin. That was just laughable. <laughs> They're just so bad. Uh, the whole book, the, the the monster guide hunting book, and there's like seven monster mafia things. All of that lore and the the, the you know the the history behind these people it was all boring just boring <laughs> um liz sort of gives this backstory about her brother being taken um and she's been looking for him her whole life he's been taken by the boogeyman or whatever <sighs> she's like 12 years old like, how could she have been looking like looking for him her whole life just didn't land uh, and finally callie breaks out of like she's locked up out of this dungeon she breaks out gets out and she's like booyah in celebration just oh man lame real lame uh what's this film trying to say it's obviously a kid's film so not, not targeted at me the idea of teamwork, you know, using your mind and your brains to overcome dangers and fears, and there's a solution to every problem most of the time as well. That idea of nightmares too, dealing with these, talking to others and working out a way to overcome the fears that they often create or, or fears in, in life as well. And standing up, being brave, being courageous, those types of things. The idea too of being who you want to be, not having to worry about what people think of you or what they call you. And two, adults, you know, they get a bit of a whack. Adults not listening or believing in kids too. It can be harmful, can be hurtful. Kids need to be believed. You need to give them, you know, your, your time and effort to listen to what they're saying. So some interesting, nice little things there for a kid's film. What did I take away from this? I, I probably touched on this already. This just felt like a super cheap 
Nickelodeon film from the 1990s. It just it just didn't land, unfortunately. Uh, questions, ponderings from this film. For me, like Liz's brother, the end of this film, this, this film was literally built, I reckon, set up to make sequels. That, that's literally what half this film is about. Liz's brother is still missing. We hear about him. We know that he's been kidnapped by the Grand Gilno dude's sister who's called Serena the Spider Queen. We, we haven't met her. We've seen a photo of her or a picture of her in a book. That's it. Like, is he going to be okay? Is he going to team up with them? Is this covered in the second book? I haven't read the book series. I don't know. I just feel like a film like this, yes, you're trying to set up a series maybe and mythology and that sort of stuff. Would have been nice. Like, if you're going to drop things like that in, give us a bit of closure. And the same too, This I mentioned before that Kelly had this um, crush on this boy called Victor. And the last scene is literally her on the phone to him. He's trying to take her out to the movies on a date. And she's like, oh, I've still got a babysit, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, like, why include him? It just seemed like a waste of time. Are they going to go on a date? Are they going to go to the movies? I think maybe Space Jam 2 might be something to go see. I don't know. Just, they're just lots of unanswered questions that probably need, it needs a sequel to answer these. But when you have a film, you want it to stand alone enough that you don't have these stupid questions hanging in your mind. I'm ready to wrap this up. Uh, we give the film a rating out of five for me I'm, I'm clearly not the target audience for this film but these types of films can still be done to engage adults unfortunately this one didn't uh, it didn't have any scares it didn't have any real laughs like get out your old vhs player and your vhs tapes from the 90s play your kids some episodes of goosebumps or something like that because it'll be more engaging give me this a two out of five we're on socials we have instagram we have facebook and we have x formerly known as twitter as you can tell, it's getting super close to Christmas that time of year. I'm getting pretty tired, but I'm still going to put a post out for this episode on social. Sort of ties into what I'm saying. Is, is this film more focused on setting up future movies than telling a proper story here? I think that's a big issue. I think that is a big issue with this film. Other than that, we're back tomorrow. We're getting so close to Christmas. Tomorrow, we have the 2020 Indonesian teen romantic drama called Love Like the Falling Rain. Or in Indonesian, it's called Seperti Huang Yang Yatu Kibumi. It's directed by Alasia Fruza and stars Jeffrey Nickel, Aurora Rebro, and Alex Matthew Thomas. Sorry, Axel Matthew Thomas. That's what we've got tomorrow. Hope you're keen to, to join in and check it out. Thanks for listening to this one if you have. Um, yes, we're getting so close to Christmas. I'm losing my mind <laughs> doing this every single day. We're getting there. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.